Welcome to the Marlborough Monday Espresso Podcast. It is the 3rd of October today. We had an action-packed week last week, lots to speak about. And we're joined today by Nathan, by Raj, and also by Danny Fox, who helps run the Marlborough UK bond funds. Lots to speak about. And of course, the key development last week was the mini budget. Raj, take us through some of the details there. So the key policies were a cut to the basic rate of income tax by 1% to 19%, the removal of the 45% higher rate of income tax, a removal of the planned national insurance and corporation tax increases, and also cuts to stamp duty. So as their first act, essentially the new government indicating an expansionary fiscal policy, right at the time that until now monetary policy has been tightening. The expansionary policy, though, that would lead, all else being equal, to expectations of inflation to be higher for longer. And that then led to higher yields on gilts, which then itself sparked a bit of a gilts crisis. Danny, can you take us through that? Yeah, I think as the government struggling with credibility already and failing to prepare the markets for these moves led to a shift in yields across the UK yield curve, substantially higher and more importantly, extremely quickly. That led to some false selling in the long end of the market from the pension sector, the LDI-driven funds, having to sell assets to replace collateral on their interest rate swaps, which almost led to a doom loop in the market, which meant the Bank of England had to step in and be the buyer of last resort for those assets. They've committed to buying up to five billion of long-dated gilts every day for the next 14 days to soothe the market, to give these funds some time to sort out their hedges and their collateral issues. And that does, for the moment at least, seem to have worked, right? So since midweek, since the government did step in, yields have stabilised and in fact rebounded? Yeah, you could make the argument that it's actually worked too well because the long end of the market has actually, yields have fallen back. So the curve has inverted quite substantially. So on the week, the rest of the curve, yields are still higher week on week. But in the long end, yields actually finished lower. So, so far, the government's probably made money on these positions. Yeah, I guess it depends what the level they start buying them at in the next few weeks. And of course, then the the other big story on the week, though, was sterling weakness. Again, driven by this lack of confidence. Sterling getting down to a a record low, but certainly below 105 against the dollar. Also, since having rebounded, important here to remember, though, that yes, sterling weakness, and there were some particular issues going on in the UK market. But it's not purely a sterling story. It's, it's really one about dollar strength. We know that other currencies also really struggling against the dollar. The euro just going below parity against the dollar a couple of months ago. That was also weak last week. Other currencies, the yen, has also been struggling for some time now. So dollar strength in this period of uncertainty, in this period of volatility, the dollar being the safe haven play. And so certainly strength there. Coming back to the UK, though, over the weekend, clearly a lot of developments on the political side. And it seems now that at least the 45p tax rate cut has now been reversed. That, though, creating perhaps a further loss of credibility, Danny? Yeah, I think so. The actual size of the difference in in financial terms that this makes, it's about 2 billion out of about 45 billion of giveaways that were announced, is small. But I think it's more a signal that the government have finally accepted that they need to pay some attention to the markets and worry about how the people that are going to be buying the bonds, how they treat them going forward. A bit of a return to the days of the bond vigilantes of old. 
Yes, an important lesson being learned here that markets will certainly at least give an opinion and perhaps force governments into actions that, you know, when the bond markets see them as being patently wrong, they'll force a climb down. In the meantime, though, some external comment on what's going on. The IMF stepped in, very rare that they do so, but stepping in with a criticism of the government's measures. And also the ratings agencies taking note, S&P now formally having put the UK on a negative outlook. Now, if we do get a debt downgrade, obviously that itself then leads to higher borrowing costs. And again, you know, difficulties for the market on that front. So a very tough time in the UK scenario or UK environment at the moment. As I said, though, for the moment, things do seem to have stabilized. And in fact, the FTSE was one of the equity markets, at least, that was least impacted last week. We've said before about the fact that the FTSE actually reaps a benefit of a weaker currency. So perhaps that insulating the market to some extent. And also we've spoken about the structural makeup of the FTSE, perhaps also providing a, a bit of a safe haven in the current environment. Of course, though, it wasn't all about what's going on in the UK last week. The world is a big place. Lots of other issues to confront us. We had the news last week that European inflation hit a record. Europe as a whole hit 10%. Germany hit 10.9%. And in Germany, again, a, a borrowing package has been announced to provide 200 billion of support for markets there. And then, of course, also in the US, we had inflation higher than expected. Nathan? Yeah, so I think the good news here is that inflation is obviously lower than Europe, but still lingering. So the preferred measure for the Fed is called the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, or Core PCE. And that number came in a little higher than expected, but it came in at 4.9%. So markets obviously concerned that inflation is lasting longer than is expected. And one thing we've not yet seen really to any great degree is the impact of higher inflation and all these higher interest rates on companies. Actually, we're going to get a look through on that pretty soon because we've got company earnings which will kick off not this week, but next week in the US. And what we've seen is that companies' earnings are being downgraded. So analysts are downgrading these earnings and that's because of that very point, Sheldon. So you've got higher interest rates, higher inflation, higher costs for companies, which is eating into their profits. And we've seen company earnings have been downgraded over the last three months for Q3 for about 6.6%. So you're seeing about 6.6% taken off those earnings expectations. So again, that's just one of the big impacts that we're seeing from these increased costs that we're having. So clearly a, an ongoing difficult environment for companies to try and negotiate. Lots to speak about, as I said this week. We've gone over time longer than our normal podcast, so thank you for staying with us, and we hope to speak to you again next week. Thank you. 